Welcome to Words of Life, Love, and Freedom. I'm your host, Paul McKibben. And today's episode is called Celestial Police. Now, there's several different topics I'm going to be talking about pertaining to Celestial Police. And some of it are things that hinder us from being able to move, flow, and operate in the spirit the way that the Lord has called us to. But let me let me uh, just clarify something. When we think of the word celestial, some people look at it as like just something in the heavens or in outer space. Some people look at it like it's kind of neutral, like it's not really bad or good, it's just somewhere out there. But some people think of celestial as something that means good or heavenly. And that's what I usually tend to kind of lean towards, is thinking that that like a celestial place is a good heavenly place, a spiritual place full of the Lord and full of God, the Holy Spirit. Um... So I tend to kind of lean towards believing that a celestial place is like a heavenly place, a place where God would be, where the angels would be. Because a celestial place is called a celestial place not only because it's in the spiritual realm, but because there are spiritual beings in there, celestial beings like angels. Now, I know there are bad angels, but I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about God's angels. So, I'm going to start by reading Ephesians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. It says, And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So first of all, I'm going to say that I think probably everybody has some sort of chains. And when I'm saying chains, I mean like chains that hinder us, chains of bondage, uh, chains, you know, issues in our life that hinder us from serving God the way that he has called us to, to the fullest. And so, when we have chains that hinder us, it greatly affects us being able to be an ambassador for Christ, to share the mystery of the gospel with people, and to be able to uh, move and flow and operate in the spirit the way that he's called us to. Now, I'm not saying we can't move and flow in the spirit. I'm just saying that the effectiveness of it has been lessened because of the chains of bondage that we have in our lives. So these chains are definitely things that we need to deal with. Um... Personally, I believe in 
uh, repenting of these things and and in the spirit through prayer, praying and asking the Lord to break and break these chains of bondage and remove them. And sometimes I'm praying against specific spirits and specific, you know, issues in my life. And I, you know, sometimes I've got to cast demons out. You know, and I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying cast them out as in they're in me, but demons will latch on to you. Sure, our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us, but we still got this sinful flesh, this earth suit that houses the Holy Spirit. And spirits, evil spirits, demons can latch on to our sinful flesh and they can oppress us and I know for a fact it's happened in my life that we can be so heavily oppressed that it can actually appear and make you think like you're possessed by the enemy I will at some point maybe go a little more into that and share a little more about that but the things that we do, even as a saved, believe God-believing man or woman, greatly affect us spiritually. Because I was a saved man uh, living like the devil, and I had so many demons attached on to me, my, my flesh, my body, And I was under such heavy oppression that when I was being set free from it, it was like something was coming out of me. It was really unusual. Um, I was screaming and hollering and grunting and groaning and howling like an animal and growling like animals and... It was just all kinds of crazy stuff going on. It was a, it was a little, it could have been a little frightening for some people, but the Lord had me in the palm of his hand. And the reason why that I'm saying that I know I was saved at that point when all this was happening is because for one, before that ever happened, I had already repented of my sin and I confessed my sin and I had gotten right with God. And then the Lord baptized me in his Holy Spirit. And when he baptized me in his Holy Spirit after all that, I mean, I'd been speaking in tongues and everything. And when the Lord took me through this prayer of self-deliverance, when he led me through this prayer of self-deliverance, I was actually praying in tongues, and I don't know specifically what I was saying, but I know that what I was saying had something to do with breaking loose these demons that were latched onto me, latched onto my flesh. And that's when all this was going on. I was speaking in tongues the whole time, but I knew I knew the Lord was breaking loose these demons that had latched onto me. And he led me through a prayer of self-deliverance. I needed deliverance for what I, for what I had in my life and what was going on in my life. And I was a saved man. 
but I had yielded to the enemy and all the works of the flesh and all these bad, evil things, using drugs and just doing whatever I wanted to do. I mean, you know, using drugs, folks, is that's a form of witchcraft. That's classified as divination because you are altering your mind. And in the eyes of the Lord, when you alter your mind, that's like a form of witchcraft. Like a, a witch casting a spell on somebody or something. Or a warlock casting a spell on someone. It's a divination. And divination is witchcraft. So, you know, people, a lot of people make light of using drugs. And I know the government, you know, they not long ago have been trying to legalize marijuana and they have to some degree, which I think was a totally big mistake. But um, it's like they're trying to make it easy for people to want to get high. And I think it has to some degree. And I'm sure that can be a bad temptation for a lot of people. But, um, you know, when you use, you open yourself up to things to come in and attach to your, your body. In the spirit is what I'm talking about. Not, not physically, but in the spirit. Because we have to understand that even us humans in this physical body, we're made up of three parts. We're made up of a body, a soul, and a spirit. We were very uniquely created by God. And so... When God created us, he created us with a physical body, but we have a soul and a spirit. Our soul is more like our intellect. That's where a lot of the thought processes go uh, and take place. Thoughts, and it's like the seat of emotions and stuff like that. And then you have the spirit, which our spirit operates in the spirit. And it's, it's connected to us. So that way, sometimes when we're really tuned into the Holy Spirit and tuned into God, sometimes we can have an experience, a spiritual experience, while we're still in the physical, but we are experiencing and we may see or hear things in the Spirit. And so... It's really awesome the way the Lord created us because he created us to have a physical body, but yet we can also operate in the spirit too. And some people operate in the spirit more than others. Some people can actually see angels. Uh, some people have visions and some people have spiritual dreams. And I believe all of these are connected to the spirit world. The, uh, the Holy Spirit um, and our spirit. But, you know, I, I look at this uh, everywhere where there's 
spiritual, the spiritual realm, which even on earth, there's a spiritual realm. It's all around us. Everywhere where we are in this physical life, there's a spiritual realm. Now we know that the devil or Satan, he's the ruler of this world. He's kind of like the prince of the power of the air is what they call him. One of the uh, titles they call him in the Bible. And he kind of rules things on earth to some degree. He's got a lot of power, but he can't trump God. God has ultimate power everywhere more than Satan does. But there's, there's certain things that hinder us from being able to operate in a celestial place or a spiritual realm. Um, and chains is definitely one of them. And something else that hinders us is when we are ashamed, especially when we are ashamed of God or Jesus, uh, who is also God or the Holy Spirit, or when we're ashamed of the church or when we're ashamed of the word of God, the Bible, and what God's word says. You know, it says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So that's a powerful verse right there. This was actually Paul talking when he had uh, wrote the letter to the Romans. And so Paul was definitely not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And he was not ashamed to to talk about Jesus and to witness to people about Jesus. Paul went through a lot. He walked a lot of tough paths in his life. And he was tested a lot. But we can't be ashamed of what we stand for. You know, it says also in Mark chapter 8, verse 38, For whoever is ashamed of me, talking about Jesus and my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him, the Son of Man, will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So in other words, this verse is saying that if we're ashamed of Jesus... You know, some people uh, will not talk about Jesus. It's kind of like they want to be a silent Christian. They, like, never bring him up. They never glorify God. They never share about Jesus. They never talk about his love, about the joy he gives, about the peace he gives, about his forgiveness. It's It's like Jesus is totally absent from their life. But they have it in their mind that they're saved because 
they may have some thoughts or they have a preconceived idea that you can be saved without confessing your sin and repenting just because you think you know God. I thought for years that I thought I knew God and I really didn't know God at all. I yeah, I even went before the church as a nine-year-old child and I prayed with the pastor the prayer of repentance and it was the actual prayer to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior and then it wasn't long after that I was baptized and everybody told me I was saved and I believed that I was for years but it wasn't until I was older that I came to the realization that I know this was all God. He allowed me to come to the realization that I, you know, some kids, they have an understanding of what, what it's all about. It may be nine years old, but I didn't quite have that understanding. I had been, bar- I had been brought up in church, but I didn't quite have the understanding of what it fully, completely meant to be saved, to have a relationship with God. I just thought that that was that praying with the pastor and getting baptized was just something that kids that age did to be part of a church. You know, kind of like a ritualistic kind of things or tradition. I didn't realize that this was trying to engage to be in an active uh, participating relationship with the Lord. I didn't comprehend that at that age. So naturally, all these years, all those years, I thought I was saved, and I really wasn't. It wasn't until I was in jail in 1997 when the Lord had completely, through His Holy Spirit, convicted me and and showed me that I truly was not saved. I thought I was at nine and all in all these years growing up, but I really wasn't saved because I didn't do it for the right reason. And so I got saved sitting in my jail cell in 1997. And, you know, there's been times that I was on fire for God at first. It didn't really quite sink in. I mean, I knew I was saved, but I was not proactively trying to um pursue God. I just was kind of like a dry Christian, you know. I thought that I knew that I needed to read God's word and pray and and go to church and stuff like that. And I was kind of going to church, but I was not really doing anything for my spiritual growth. I wasn't reading the Bible. I wasn't really praying. And I just kind of expected that things were gonna go okay. But if you don't read God's word and you don't pray, you're not talking to God when you pray. I mean, when you're not praying, you're not talking to God. And when you're not reading God's word, he's not talking back to you um, through his word. Now, that's not saying that God can't talk to you another way. But that's one of the, the big ways that the Lord really speaks to us. Is through His Word. And if we don't take the Word in, if we don't open that Bible up and knock the dust off of it and, and read in it 
and start making it uh, more of a thing that we know we need to do, we're missing out on a big part of our relationship with God. That's kind of like trying to have a conversation with somebody, but you've hit the mute button. So you don't hear really what they're saying. Um, it's not much of a conversation. And so that's, that's something that, that's really important, you know. And all this is tied into a celestial place, the spirit realm. Because when we don't build ourselves up in the faith by reading God's word and praying and spending time with God, we're not going to have this awesome divine connection to the fullest and as effectively as it could be to be able to move in the spirit and flow in the spirit the way that The Lord really wants us to. He wants us to experience things in the spirit. But because we neglect our spiritual life, our spiritual growth is stunted. And so we need to realize that, you know, hey, you know, sometimes it seems like there's a lot of things on our plate. And we think, you know, I got so much to do. I just ain't got time to do all of it. Or there's certain things that may not be as many things, but it's just something really hard or tough to deal with. And we just feel like that we're never going to get it done or we just can't do it. It says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that was in a letter that Paul wrote to the Philippian church. And so, when when we think about that, sure, there's a lot of hurdles that we have to go through. But I've, re- I've been coming to realize more and more as time goes on, the more things that I face, the more I read and study God's Word and try to practice walking the way the Lord has called me to walk. You know, there's a lot of things that we're going to be tested in, a lot of areas in our life we're going to be tested in. And the Lord allows us to walk through some things and be tested in some areas because He's trying to strengthen us. And He's trying to encourage us and build us up. So then when, when we face the, the real test, which could be a much more serious situation or a severe situation, we will be strong enough from the tests we have taken before this incident to where we will pass the test and be able to glorify God and praise the Lord and the outcome of the event. So we need to realize that we need to lean on God. It's, it's God, you know, it's, it's Jesus Christ that we need to lean on. And when we lean and depend on Him, He will strengthen us and He'll get us through. He'll get us through. And He will lead and guide us with His Holy Spirit. 
says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So the Lord will renew our strength. The Lord will renew our strength when we wait on him. And he'll give us these he'll give us the wings like eagles, which kind of like is a a spiritual analogy of walking in freedom, flying in freedom, being able to walk in boldness before the Lord into his very throne room or flying through the heavens in love, joy, and peace. And, you know, it's uh, it's an awesome picture. I, when I write a lot of my poetry that the Holy Spirit gives me to write, I, um, I tend to write a lot about having wings like eagles and flying into the heavens and into the wind and... Um, going here and there and about and everywhere and in freedom because I've been set free. And it's a wonderful thing to be set free and you know you're free. It says in John chapter 8 verse 32, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You see, when we pray and we repent of our sin and we confess it and we read God's word and, and we're really trying to do what we can to grow spiritually and do the things that the Lord has called us to do. He'll allow us to know the truth and the truth will make us free. The truth of God's word, the truth of the spirit, even to the law of the spirit, which the law of the spirit is a really deep subject, but the law of the spirit bears witness of what's in God's word. And what's in God's word bears witness of what's in the law of the spirit. And they will never contradict each other. Sometimes what the law of the spirit will be, will reveal things through the Holy Spirit that it may not exactly say verbatim in God's word, but if it's of the Holy Spirit, it usually, it definitely will not contradict what the word says either a lot of people think that just because it doesn't say something in God's word that it's not so or or it didn't happen and that's not really exactly true see God when he put together his word for us his his word of God the Bible 
It's an instruction manual to know how to live and to be able to serve God and present ourselves as a living sacrifice to Him. And it gives us all of the ins and outs we need to know about how to live in a way that's pleasing to God. And this Word of God that we have, it doesn't fill in all the cracks and tell you every single little thing that you may want to know, but it tells you everything that you need to know. It tells us everything that we need to know to live a life that's pleasing to God, but there may be some things that it may not actually talk about, but these are things that we may not necessarily need to be able to read in the Bible, but it's revealed to us through the Spirit. We just know through the Holy Spirit that dwells in us that there are certain things that are right and there are certain things that are wrong. And you don't need to read something to figure that out when you have the Holy Spirit living in you. So Romans chapter 6 verse 18 says, And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. So this is definitely all part of uh, a celestial place or the, or the spiritual realm. Because when we have been set free from sin, we ultimately have become slaves of righteousness because we are indebted to the Lord Jesus with our lives and our entire being for everything that he did for us to give us salvation and eternal life. So we owe everything to the Lord. So God is righteousness. Jesus is righteousness. And we have become slaves of God slaves of Jesus or slaves of righteousness because he has set us free from sin from the consequences of sin and death Now, Romans chapter 6, verse 22 says, But now, having been set free from sin, and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness, and the end, everlasting life. So, when we become slaves of God, and we surrender to God, and we repent of our sin and we stay in prayer as much as we can and we read God's word, we basically are doing the things, trying to do the things that we know we should be doing. The fruit of that holiness, that holy lifestyle we live in, the end is everlasting life. We will receive salvation. We'll be able to live with the Lord in eternity, wherever he will be. And you know, it says in John chapter 6, verse 44, no one can come to me 
unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Now, raise him up at the last day, that's... um, For a lot of people, that's talking about the dead being raised uh, to life or being resurrected when the rapture takes place. And for some people that are still alive, they're raised up at the last day. could be the people that are alive that are saved being caught up into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and the clouds. But this is an interesting concept. Some people think that they can just come to God whenever they want. And it, you know, and, and this is this is very true when I think about it. There's been a lot of times in my life that I had an opportunity and the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit was moving and was trying and the Lord the the Lord was using his Holy Spirit to draw me at a certain point in time in my life. But because I hesitated and I listened to the enemy, I rejected the call. And when I rejected the call, I was rejecting God. And so many words. And so by doing that, it's like I was shunning God. And I, I, do, I have done that a lot in my life when I was younger. And I didn't realize the impact it had on me. Because, you know, there was, there was times that that was going on, and, I was, and it was like the enemy was saying... No, don't get up and go down for prayer or go up there and and pray with them or sing these praise and worship songs, but don't go down for prayer because you just don't want to have to get up and go stand in front of a bunch of people you don't know. Besides, you can go you can just go anytime you want and go get prayer. Well, for those of you that have been in my shoes, as the enemy has said that to me, and I'm sure has said it to so many of y'all out there, when you reject the call of the Lord, and then you think you're going to go later on your own time, usually it never happens. I mean, I'm not saying that it all the time never happens, but there's a lot of times that there's a, a period where the Lord wait, the Lord was waiting on us to uh, answer His call and act by coming up for prayer, and when we didn't, and we resisted and rejected God and uh, pushed Him away, then there was like a period of silence. I experienced at times times where I felt like that I was trying to pray, trying to do what was right because I knew I had kind of shunned God the night before and I was trying to get in the mood to, to pray and maybe do what I thought I was supposed to be doing. But 
the Lord was not really calling me at that point. And so it's like I'm trying to force myself to do something I really didn't want to do. So basically, you know, we can't come to Jesus unless the Father draws us with his Holy Spirit. And and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that God doesn't want people to come just whenever. But the Lord does things in a unique way. And when the Lord calls us, we need to answer the call. We need to take the time to to take the Lord up on Him calling us out to come down for prayer or to get prayer, to be prayed over, to maybe go to a church service and listen to some preaching. Because when we resist and reject God by not doing the things that He has called us to do, that's like a slap in God's face. And so sometimes it may take a short waiting period before we have that strong gumption to want to have prayer be prayed over again, to be uh, actively prayed over or take part in some kind of deliverance prayer or something. So um, that's really... um, it's really awesome to me to think that, you know, God just doesn't sit on a throne up in heaven in the clouds and never worry about what's going on with all these millions of people down here on earth. God is actively at work in every single one of our lives and has things in motion and behind the scenes shifting and moving things around, lining divine appointments up for people to have uh, prayers of de- prayers of deliverance over them, prayers of protection, um, prayers to get saved or repent of their sin. It's like the Lord is always at work. And so to think... That when, you know, when you feel, when you're so moved by a certain song or a certain prayer or something that somebody says, that's not just the emotion of somebody saying something a certain way that's moving you. That's the Holy Spirit working through what people are saying, working through what people are singing, working through what music is being played. To get through, to break through that heart of stone, trying to make you pliable in God's hands, to give you a heart of flesh, so that you will lean towards God, that you will yield to God and listen to what God is trying to say. So that's a pretty awesome thing to know that God, at different times in all of our lives, He draws us with His Holy Spirit. He draws us to Jesus. And if he does not draw us with his Holy Spirit to Jesus, then we usually don't come to God. We usually don't come to Jesus. 
It says plainly in this verse, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I take that exactly the way that it means when it's read for its literal meaning. Now it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So this too is another one about being called out of darkness, being called out of a sinful lifestyle, a sinful lifestyle that hinders us in so many ways from serving God the way that he wants us to serve him. There's so many people in this world today that have certain habits or addictions or certain things they like to do, and they don't see it as a problem. But just because they kind of classify it in their category of morals as it's not a mortal sin like murdering somebody or something like that, they think it's not too bad. Um, and I'm not going to get all into the different types of sins and things, but there's a lot of people that make light of what God calls sin. There's a lot of people in this world today that make very light of what God calls sin. And if you want to know what sin is, you go back and read the Ten Commandments. That tells you what sin is. I can't think of it right all right off the top of my head right now, but there's Ten Commandments to start with that are the basics for what sin is. And the Ten Commandments, you know, don't get me wrong, the Ten Commandments is good and all. It's the law of Moses. But the Ten Commandments can't save nobody. The Ten Commandments was a covenant But the Ten Commandments mostly kind of lets you know and notifies you that, that, yeah, you are a sinful human being. You have a sinful fallen nature, and there's no way you could ever keep all of the Ten Commandments all the time. That's kind of basically what the Ten Commandments do. It makes you aware of what sin actually is, and it shows you that you're not perfect. And that's why we need Jesus, because Jesus came to extend grace and love and forgiveness. And Jesus doesn't expect us to be perfect. He knows that we can't be perfect. And that's why I love Jesus so much, for what he has done for me. And not only that, but he allows me, because of the relationship I have with him and how I like to spend time with him and write poetry, he allows me to kind of move and flow in the spirit more than I used to when I was younger. When I was younger, it only happened maybe once in a while. 
but it happens more frequently now. And there's a lot of things that he's sharpening my discernment to pick up on in the spirit too. And that's pretty awesome. So this is called Celestial Place. I'm going to read this poetry now. This episode has been a little longer than the, the other ones I've done, but just bear with me. So this is called Celestial Place. Oh God, I love, honor, and praise you this day. I give you all the adoration for you taking the time to show me the way. My King, I am most thankful for what you have done for me. You, O God, have truly opened my blind eyes, and now I can see. I see how you have always been by my side, and I see all you have done for me. Not only can I see, but you broke my chains of bondage. You set me free and delivered me. O God, you have always loved me, and you have always wanted to set me free. You saturate me with your spirit. Your spirit strengthens me. You give me wings like an eagle to soar into the wind and be free. The heavens welcome me. Your presence draws me to a celestial place. As I enter your throne room, angels inhabit your throne room and give you praise. I just seek you, my king. I seek your presence because I want to see your face. I seek you, O God, in this celestial place. I just want to be with you because I know when I'm with you, I'm safe. Dear Lord, I speak. I mean, uh, dear Lord, I seek you in this celestial place. You draw me with your spirit. This new wine that you're making inside of me excites me and makes me feel alive. I thank you, O God, that you have given me a taste. You, O God, draw me with your spirit. You say, come and experience this new wine that I'm making inside of you. Come, taste and see. The prayers of all the saints are coming to fruition. Now in your life, I'm doing a new thing. You used to have scales on your eyes, and behold, now you can see. You used to be tightly bound in chains by the enemy, and behold, now you are set free. Walk in your freedom, and be thankful for being able to see. Walk in your freedom, and continue being free. Praise God. So, if this episode has moved you, and I know it was a little lengthy, I wasn't anticipating it being that long, but if this episode has moved you and you would like to continue following along with these episodes, uh, if you tap the follow button, you'll have access to the entire library of all the episodes I've done. And if you tap the bell icon... That'll give you notifications every time a new one comes out, you'll be notified. So praise God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Praise God. Amen. You have a blessed day. God bless you.